Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host Gibbs. Hey guys. This week, in honor of uh, a really cool TV show coming out, <laughs> um, we're going back to Marvel content or continue with Marvel content. Really, actually, because continue. Never... Yeah, we've been on a bit of a uh, Marvel kick recently. Yeah, but. I think at least for us we're big Marvel fans and I know we're both forward to Miss Marvel which as of our releasing this will have already been out like the first episode anyway Um, and in honor of that because we don't know where Miss Marvel as a show is going to go we're doing the next best thing and we're going to talk about Captain Marvel today because (laughs) we love Captain Marvel and we love Brie Larson so yes. honestly, I'm, I'm surprised it took us this long to get to this because right? yeah there's a lot to get to when it comes really. to come to when it comes to Captain Marvel but by the time you get this episode guys episode two of Miss Marvel will be out on Disney plus so get to it it's fun and if you're South Asian like us we feel you yeah I mean it's too relatable. Too relatable. I will not say no. Like if you are an immigrant child of a, of South Asian parents, too relatable. I will not say no to that. If you're like an immigrant child, I mean, as somebody who is not an immigrant, but yeah. his parents are immigrants. Yeah. Um, it anyway, is scarily South Asian accurate. family. Basically, it yeah. is scarily accurate. I definitely agree. So get to it, guys. Super fun. But let's talk. But we have to talk about Captain Marvel as a segue to Miss Marvel, which we will be doing once this series completes its run on Disney Plus for now. But um, there's a lot to discuss about Captain Marvel, uh, and again, we love Brie Larson. She's done an amazing job, but let's not forget that not everyone thought so, and how stupid people were to basically review bomb this movie before they even watched it. Like, come on, where, where did yeah. where do you think that came from? Considering every considering, especially. After we watched the movie, how good we thought it was. And I mean, again, revenue is not always uh, the revenue, even though revenue that a movie makes is not always the best indicator of a movie's success, it did make a lot of money as well. So let's talk about all of that. I think it did. So let's talk about that. I just, yeah, I'm not really sure why people feel the need to review bomb something. Like, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. If you don't like something, that's totally fine. But to go out of your way to like review bomb something that you haven't seen or that you don't want to see, or even if you have seen, just to kind of like, I think there's a difference between posting like constructive criticism and then Mm. just being rude for the sake of like hating on a movie, which, yeah. Or hating Um, on a person in the movie, which pretty much was the case here. I, yeah. I mean, let's again, not forget. It, it, yeah, it's a little tough in a sense. Like, you're allowed to dislike actors and actresses or whatever. Like, that's everybody's right. And, you know, nobody can force you and nobody should force you to like, you know, actors and actresses. But I think there's a difference between not liking somebody and like taking it, like, like taking kind of the fight to them and being like, oh, you suck. Or like, oh, I, like, it's the same thing with like posting negative or like hurtful comments on social media. Like, having certain feelings is valid but then acting on them in a kind of 
immature way or in a I, I'm, I'm not making much sense but like no I, I know what you mean though because social media allows for some level of anonymity it's like people can be more brazen about what they say and do i think that's exactly what it is i feel like that's kind of contributed to like this whole oh yeah for sure it's not just it's not just um captain marvel i mean there's been so many projects it's not just brie larson it's not just captain marvel it is miss marvel too it is and and when we touch upon uh, the Percy Jackson series, we will talk about that whole other can of worms too, which is again, unfair and stupid. Uh, but again, I really don't agree with it because considering all the stupid things that people had to say about this movie, even before they watched it, you and I, I think personally really enjoyed this movie and it was super fun. Yeah, um, I mean, I loved it. And yeah. I th- again, it's like everybody is entitled to their own own opinion. If you don't like something, that's totally fine. I think well, what bothers me is that people then take that to like the as license then, you know, to be brazen on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's people I don't like, and and like there's movies I don't like, and uh, there's a difference between posting a review like, oh, this movie sucks because you know I didn't like X, Y, and Z, and versus like this movie sucks because this actor or actress is like, you know, insert exploitive here type thing, and like yeah, that, I mean even that is not as bad as I think. Like people like tagging actors and actresses on social media and then just spewing like hatred and oh god posting offensive and or hurtful things and like that's kind of I think the the most problematic part of it like again Mm. with reviews and stuff not everybody's gonna have the same opinion as us or you know as anybody else which is totally fine like if people didn't like Captain Marvel that's totally their right and their opinion is not valid though because it was a fun movie so (laughs) shut up (laughs) sorry 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 sorry. that's the way like like you and I kind of think like that in the sense like we really love the movie but like Mm -hmm. again if somebody else didn't enjoy the movie that's totally cool I'm Mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna force anybody to feel the way I feel about this movie but yeah I even if I hated this movie I would never like tag Brie Larson in posts and then just spew oh definitely not I wouldn't review bomb the movie either Mm -hmm. because I just feel like it's a waste of time and energy. Like if you don't like something, fine. You don't like it, move on. With you know, social media, the one of the perks is like you can curate the content you want to see. And so if you don't like something, don't look at things that make you unhappy. I mean, yeah, I think I've learned this the hard way. Yeah, Um, I mean, again, like you said, if you don't like something, there's plenty of content that you can consume that you probably will like. So go to that instead of hating on something you don't like. There's no point in it. You and I would say that, but of course, not everyone thinks like that. But, and I mean, like, you know what? We're, we've harped on enough about the negativity that surrounded this movie. Let's talk about the actual movie and why we really loved it, because we really did. Um, so, um, spoilers, spoiler warning, guys. We are getting into everything. This movie came out when? 2018? 18, 19? I think I think think 19 because 18 was I think 18 was Infinity War this came in after after yeah I I have like a vague recollection of seeing I think three Marvel movies in theaters right before COVID no no no, you're absolutely right because Infinity War had the first introduction to Captain Marvel when when 
Nick Fury was like sending her that pager signal. That's number one. That and after that is when Captain Marvel the solo movie came through. Um, right. So somewhere I mean, between Infinity War two because she I think Brie Larson talked about it. Didn't she film the post credit scene for Infinity War first? Yeah, or she did. It? No, the post credit scene for Captain Marvel and Endgame era. I think it was pretty much there's that scene where it's like natasha yeah. steve that's not an, like that's analyzing. not an infinity war that's the post-credits scene for captain marvel i think oh, is yeah because the post-credits scene for infinity war was nick fury and maria hill oh, getting yeah, dusted right. yeah, yeah. and nick fury sending that pager signal with captain marvel signal on it like the whole thing yeah, and logo. yeah yeah exactly and that's when people were like screaming their head off like oh my god we're gonna see captain marvel sometime soon they're like yeah okay yeah, i mean i i remember seeing that scene and like being very excited for it yeah. and then waiting and waiting and waiting for the movie and then we finally got it and i was like yes this is the coolest thing ever <laughs> Yeah, but also I think, and this might be true for you too, but I feel like at least for me, I'm very easily pleased. So like, it doesn't take a lot for me to like a movie. Like at least as far as the MCU goes, I think there's very mm. few MCU movies that I've like that have disappointed disliked. me. True. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. not even like disliked. I don't even think I've disliked one. I th- I think there's just been some disappointments, and oh. then there's been and we've some... talked about that in the multiverse of madness. <laughs> we've talked about it, and, and, but and yeah, not not to like open a can of worms but a little bit the eternals too oh d- girl true yes i agree <laughs> i mean it was very different the and like that doesn't make it bad but i just bad. think mm-hmm. i think it was less so the plot and more so that like it had to juggle in yeah like I, a, a huge cast and like it did it well for the most part but like mm-hmm. you know two hours and change for 10 people is it's not mm-hmm. It's not enough. No, it I mean, feels. I'm. I not to make a tangent out of this, but I would be curious to see if they would release like an extended version of the Eternals, because um, like they're doing it. I mean, the the big news now for those who may not know is that um, no way, no way is home. getting an extended release with more content supposedly. That would be pretty <laughs> so, cool. Um, so yeah, I wonder if there's like a longer cut of like the I Eternals where it's like the characters are more yes. uh, September 2nd I heard apparently I think it's back in theaters um, my question is do like are we planning to release like a digital version of that extended cut right oh, after do. that'll be fun because right? like I just I want I want more yeah. Four, I, we were talking about this before that how like phase four is just pain. Of, like amazing pain. moments but yeah it's mostly just pain it's like between the tv shows and the movies it's yeah. like can you just give us one happy series please <laughs> like just one wholesome light-hearted series of like nothing but fluff <laughs> and then you can break our hearts for all the other stuff <laughs> but so far um, all they've done is break our hearts yeah <laughs> Anyway, I'm always gonna be better about it. Yeah, same, dude. Same. Uh, yeah. Oh God, no, no, enough. We're talking about Captain Marvel, not Phase Four. Something a lot happier. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, that was one of the cool things that, like, because like 
obviously they were working her in into a larger story with all these established characters so i thought for sure that the movie was going to be like darker and it's going to have like references to like thanos and you know the infinity war i mean infinity stones and all that and Mm -hmm. um i think then it came out that like this was supposed to be her origin story and i was like that's cool um but then i think the concern at least or not concern but it was like one of the things i was curious about was like how they were going to do that because by the time Captain Marvel as a movie released, um, she was probably like the latest superhero to enter. Oh yeah, like the so, Avengers. Yeah, group. but let's talk about that because they did such a good job of that integration, though, right? Because here's the thing, and when we found out about this, we were kind of shocked that this was set in 1995 or 1996, right? Yeah, I can't remember if there was like a specific year attached, but it was yeah. 1990s America. Yeah, and that and that we would see younger Nick Fury. Like, let's talk yeah. about that for a second, right? Because one, I just want to say it's so amazing yeah. how technology has like like how far technology has yeah de aging technology because Samuel yeah. L. Jackson is a legend. Like, looking he at him, is you would a never legend. Know that he was like, yeah, I know. But like, if you had never seen Samuel Jackson yeah. and if you just saw him in Captain Marvel, you would think he was really that old. And yeah. like, you would not. Know and even Claude really Greg, like, even Claude Greg. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like oh my god, like what the hell? So I think it's it's a little bit hard because like for Samuel L. Jackson, like they de-aged him. Yeah, I'm assuming at least like 40 years or something, maybe 30. I I don't know the specific amount, but um, for Colson, I'm assuming they de-aged Clark Gregg by a smaller degree, but like they still did Mm. it. But uh, I just thought it was so cool because again, like I mean, I've seen Samuel L. Jackson in other MCU movies and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, and and such an established character too let's talk about that because dude okay captain marvel fine we've only seen one instance of this woman right just just that pager thing that's all we know but this guy we've seen him in earlier movies so many times like like time and time again he's an established character we've seen this guy as this authoritative uh, uh person who is the head of shield and after shield was disintegrated still someone with a lot of influence and someone who still can pull some strings to get stuff done that's nick fury for us and to see him like this in this movie was so fun like oh my god so cool. yeah especially too, because i think like the, the nick fury that you see in other mcu movies is a lot more, I think, serious and seasoned, seasoned veteran, and, I'd say, and and maybe even to like a certain extent, like jaded almost. Oh yeah, like, I agree. He's been through some stuff, and yeah. and he's lost some stuff, and it's yeah. he's been through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the version we see in Captain Marvel is a younger Fury who's, um, I, I don't want to say like a rookie, but he's not. Well, yeah, that too. A but also, like, he's, he's still like climbing up the social ladder himself. He's still yeah. at the top. He's like still trying to prove things, yeah, uh, to his superiors. Yeah, and I just thought that was so cool because one, yeah. it makes him, I feel like, a little bit more relatable. Yeah. Oh, um, like so true. The head so true. Organizations, but also, um, I think also in a way, kind of makes him more relatable to Carol herself because she's also kind of. Dude, but that thing like I attribute that to Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson being idiots together. I swear oh, to God, those two is like the funniest thing. Those because, two like, are again, idiots together, and I love it. It is so cool. 
like oh my god yeah it's just but their dynamic like I, I don't know there's just something so wholesome about it like is. I will talk Kiri about that too. just being oh one like I said more open and then Carol okay. just being like we're gonna do X, Y, and Z and Fury just going along with it like all right I'm not gonna stop her okay, cool but there's more scenes that we'll talk about which is super fun but let's talk about how this movie starts right because again it starts off with a bang like it's you see you see this this woman in a dream um carol in a dream and we don't know her name is carol yet um basically she has this weird dream of how she ended up where she was and she doesn't know her memory is blank she wakes up and she doesn't make sense of it she's on Hala, which is basically the capital of the Kree civilization. Again, we've only heard of the Kree from Guardians of the Galaxy and some instances of wherever Thanos was mentioned because he worked with Ronan, who was Kree. So that was pretty much all that we yeah, knew. So like, yeah, because of that association, I think it was always kind of portrayed in like a negative light almost right? because they're working with Thanos. They must not be good people. Yeah. But like, this is just kind of a random. Changing that I mean, perspective random, kind of thing a little bit, right? It's like, I mean, Hollow is, like you said, the Creek capital, but like for us as viewers, there's no, like we, we don't really have a reason to be biased about it yeah. because we don't know anything about it. Like we know, like yeah. you said, that Ronan was Cree and Thanos worked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of seems like based off of like, I think some of the earlier portrayals or characterizations mm-hmm. of, of the Cree or like mentions of them, it kind of seemed like they might be bad people, but then you see their city and then Hollow just kind of looks like space Wakanda. No offense, but I mean, Wakanda's cooler, in my opinion. Um, is very like advanced, and, and you yeah. know, there's like flying cars and like all sorts of cool, yeah, basically like, a very advanced people, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think too, because you see so little of the Cree in previous movies, mm. um, this opening bit kind of makes them more. Uh, like I, I don't know how to describe it but like you see that there's they're not all like blue people and they're all, all like Ronin who are like super like stoic and like just like to the point and I, like yeah which which let let us talk about that because Ronin is part of a group a very cultist kind of group within the Cree called the accusers I think that makes a bit of difference and we do see other Cree in here that do have that stoic thing going on for them but not right away we still see them as idiots uh when they go on this mission together but before they do let's talk about the one person that veers as we know her uh right now trust and that's Yon Rock. again I love Jude Law he's done a great job I love him in most of his other work actually he's been a fun he's been fun to watch uh let's talk about that (laughs) yeah I mean that opening sequence I mean like you said it kind of starts off um maybe not as like explosive as some other Mm. movies Mm -hmm. uh we're not kind of just thrown into a fight Mm. like like a battle between you know different things but we were given a really cool fight scene where uh like you said, Carol doesn't know her name is Carol. She goes by Veers at first. Yep. And um, to kind of like get through, 
you know, early to, to pass time, maybe kind of like take her mind off of her strange dream. Yeah. She asks uh, Yanaran to fight. And there's some, I, I found that fight sequence very yeah. funny, um, mostly because like Carol as a character, I think, is very like <laughs> snarky. And I love that about her. We, like she's some of, like, the we have a type. Okay, let's just say we have a type. Okay, <laughs> like I think we talked about this off recording. If Cora from The Legend of Cora and Adora from Chair and the Princesses of Power, especially the reboot version, got together and had a kid, that would be Carol. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, that would be Carol. I guess that's one way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> but no, would I think just we, be we, we totally we okay. totally have a type. I think yeah. we're just drawn to like <laughs> strong female characters who oh, can God, yes. kick ass and look good while doing it. Yeah, and snarky <laughs> and idiotic and everything. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, she they are snarky. She's like, wanna fight? Like, oh my god, when she said that, I was like, <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I mean it's <laughs> It is that. It's interesting. And how Young Rug basically frames the whole thing is also interesting. He's like, your past causes you to doubt and you can't have that. Stop doubting yourself and basically, you know, trust yourself. But then he's also like, don't use your photon blasters, which you somehow have. Like, what is that? I mean, that's kind of like, it's a little bit like mixed messaging right but also it's like the thing i mean i don't know about you i mean but like in going retrospect after watching the whole movie it kind of makes sense but not at not, this point yeah. though right yeah, that's in retrospect it in retrospect it, it makes complete sense but yeah. like going into this movie like watching yeah. it for the first time exactly. i didn't know a ton about the character beyond mm, just same. like the basic you know like carol uh, carol denver's is captain marvel she's mm-hmm. got like photon blasted powers yeah. and like she can fly and all of that and it was a very very basic so the way um like when the like the fight sequence uh, as it progresses mm-hmm. um like towards the end there's the bit where yon rob is like or I mean, he so he says this m- multiple points throughout the mm-hmm. movie, but he talks about how Carol was given her powers mm-hmm. and how they can be taken away at any point. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because I always assumed, just based off of my limited knowledge at the time, that like she was just born with powers or she got powers yeah. somehow, and it wasn't something yeah. that could be taken away. Yeah. Um. And like you said too, having seen the movie multiple times now, obviously it makes sense at the end why Yonrog is saying stuff the way he's saying it. But like watching it for the first time, I. I was like wait so like, yeah it is very confusing yeah um but i think that's just like really interesting that like the way they framed it like this is somebody that the supreme intelligence that's like the leader of the kree thought uh was worthy of these powers but then could also at any point in time take them away so it, it, it begs the question like how can she be captain marvel if she's not gonna like have those powers right exactly know, it could potentially be taken away at any point then like it, yeah i mean obviously i think you could you could still be a superhero without powers because that's a different thing altogether yeah <laughs> um, yeah but, but it, it was that was just... interesting like you said absolutely i definitely think that and then there's this whole thing about them going on this mission and her um, talking to the Supreme Intelligence, who's like this whole being that the Kree basically revere. And basically, she's the authority kind of thing, I'd say. 
because yeah, and like it's I, I like the way they did this because um it kind of does multiple things at yeah. once. Um so like when they talk about the supreme intelligence, they explain yeah. that like it takes on the figure that of whoever like, you admire the most. It right. changes from person to person. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so like Jan Rog refuses to tell Carol who he sees, but then Carol yeah. also doesn't know the person that she sees when she comes. Yeah, which is what's strange. I love that. I love so, how they did um, this. And again, Annette Benning has done such an amazing job. Again, she's, she's super cool. Again, great casting, guys. Like I, I cannot say this love enough. The casting. Yeah, it's so cool. It's but, just everybody I think fits their character so oh well, God, especially yes. like especially Brie. Um Jude Law, uh, definitely. Um, yeah. and that Benning also cool. Lashana Lynch. Lashana Lynch. I was, was going to talk about Lashana Lynch because yes, oh my god, that I mean, woman. I just, I like not to get on a tangent, but I just want like a TV series with Carol and Maria just like hanging out, just getting being idiots to stuff, together with basically. like little Monica just watching and being like, I have the coolest family. I have the coolest moms ever. <laughs> I do. I know. Oh God. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about all of that because that dyna- dynamic is precious. So precious. Anyway. And there wasn't enough of it in the movie for me. I was like, yeah. I love it. But yeah. like give me so much more. We I think we're gonna get it in the Marvels, which I'm super happy about. We'll look at we'll talk about that too in a second. Yeah. But here's the thing though, uh, because I love how she says it's all blank my life you're supposed to take the person the form of the person I most admire but I don't even know who this is or how I knew you in my life which is so jarring to you like let's think about how that must feel for Carol right because it's like there's so much of her life that she doesn't know about and she's suddenly implicitly supposed to trust this thing and I think too it's also like the way um everybody kind of treats her and talks about her it's mm-hmm. like we see like we as in the Cree saved you we found you and like we took you yeah. in and it's like it, it's like this we did you a favor kind right, of thing like she's right? supposed to be like or feel gratitude that they did this thing which is kind of mm-hmm. just like basic human decency like if somebody's mm-hmm. dying and you can save them save them right yeah um so I think like that's also one aspect of it that like everybody keeps telling her like oh you should be grateful you should be thankful like just keep in mind how lucky you are and it's like lucky for what like just saving somebody is kind of like you know basic decency right right exactly. <laughs> you would think <laughs> so and I'm sure also at like a certain point you know when enough people say over and over and over again you're constantly reminded that like I have to be thankful yeah. for this or I should feel grateful that like x y and c happened um it, I'm sure it can get annoying whether or not it's true mm. and I'm sure some part of her was grateful at being saved but it's also just like Again, I, I just feel like that's kind of like the decent thing to do, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. But I also love how it introduced us to the supposed antagonist of this movie, the scrolls. Let's talk about that for a second, because I think what they did with the scrolls was super cool, right? So apparently these scrolls can shapeshift take the form of anyone they see to the dna but can the cool part but also like the kind of freaky part because it is freaky but cool like you said absolutely yeah but and the only drawback is that they can only sim 
the most recent memories, which we will get to. Hilarious, by the way, when Carol does this with Nick. I Again, we're, we're jumping around here a little bit, but oh my God, this movie is so much fun in so many on so many levels. Like, honestly, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what's really cool. So they're, they go on this mission to basically retrieve a Kree operative from a scroll from a from a planet where scrolls have basically infiltrated or whatever. And it's been drilled into these people's brains, at least Carol's, because that's all she knows, that the scrolls are bad, that the scrolls are basically trying to take over everywhere. And that's and that's and it's the Kree's job to stop them, kind of thing. That's what she knows. And that's why she agrees to go on this mission which is fine but let's but as you know in these movies missions go haywire and that's what happens here so let's talk about that too yeah I mean there's just so many things because Mm. um there's that really funny scene like leading into the mission where it's just Carol and then like a bunch of like her teammates, teammates essentially kind yeah, of thing. On, yeah like her squad kind of on yeah. this mission and um also I just I don't know if this was intentional or if this is like based off the comics or what but I just found like the names of some of like the characters in the movie just these like very funny because it's like they're spelled like normal words but then or like they sound like normal words but then they're spelled very funny with like a lot of hyphens and capital letters and <laughs> things like that so I just thought that was kind of funny um, it is but I agree with you the 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 mission was also just a really funny mm. scene because um they they have a plan and then I feel like a lot of plans it kind of just goes south um it like they're they're but like their plans like the way they're describing it or like the way they move about when they enact the plan was very cool it seemed very strategic like each yeah, person like, had like a role to as if they play. knew what they were doing and, exactly like pretty much yeah, like you know get also, in get out just you know right yeah. um and it's like as cool as that was though like the scrolls kind of seemed to almost like one-up them for a bit um and um in in all the chaos unfortunately uh carol gets taken hostage and um she's separated from her teammates uh she has no real way of communicating with them and she's just in a scroll ship again held captive and weirdly enough i think like if everything else isn't weird the scrolls are trying to like parse through her memory to extract information yeah so um i'm just strange like why are they doing that yeah exactly it raises more questions right and i think i mean that's one of the things that i thought was really interesting about the movie that there's so many questions that are like Mm. asked that like the characters themselves ask and then like we as viewers ask but then like the longer the movie goes like as it progresses one by one like all those questions are kind of answered and like everything bingo Bingo. it's like yes a really cool I don't know I just thought it was really cool the way they did it and like Mm -hmm. to a certain degree yes it was also kind of simple but I don't know I just felt like it was really yeah exactly the way they framed it was super effective because by this time we're like oh my god what the hell is happening kind of thing and again this is this is the scene her escape from the scrolls is the most Cora slash Adora like thing ever ever like oh my god this woman I I just 
she has my heart she has my whole heart that there's nothing else i can say that's all i can say it was it was so cool and especially yeah. because um at the start she was technically fighting with a disadvantage like mm-hmm. she had cuffs or whatever you want to call them on yeah, hands what a, her covering from her using... hands from using their photon blasts or whatever correct right. and yeah. she was still managing to take down scrolls and what i thought was so cool too is like there's a bit later on in in the movie where when she's confronted with one of the scrolls again he's like i watch you take down 20 of my best men or something <laughs> like that and i thought like and that was Carol not even using her power as like yeah. a fraction of her abilities. Yeah. And she was able to take these people down or these yeah. scrolls down. So yeah. um, I just thought that was really cool that like within the movie itself, other characters acknowledge it. Oh um, that was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Awesome. Let's also talk about this scene here because I think that's this is really important and it plays into everything that happens next. She asked one of the scrolls, what did you put in my head? She's like, nothing that wasn't already there and she's like but those aren't my memories and that's that's all she can say but though but but he was not lying those are her memories she just doesn't know which is so trippy you know like again it raises more questions at this point right you're like what the heck seriously kind of thing you know all this talk of memories and and not to make attention but um all this talk of memories is making me want like a scenario which and this probably wouldn't happen because a number of reasons but like i would love a scenario where like carol and mj and ned just talk about memory loss and not having access to certain memories (laughs) i'm sorry i don't mean to make everything about that ending of no way no but but, like i agree salty (laughs) i love the movie i love it but like that ending just bugs me it hurts it, it does, right? But like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. And it just, it sucks that they did it twice, right? Like, Carol was already one character who was like suffering memory loss, but like, she gets her memories back, um, and like, she's able to to get like a complete picture together. of her life. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But like, MJ and Ned, we don't know what's gonna happen. Please, Carol, help these children. <laughs> anyway if like something just triggered when she spoke to them but yeah um like i said that i think that is kind of wishful thinking i don't know it is wishful right away <laughs> i'm so <laughs> dream. also i just true. think it would be really cool to see like brie larson and zendaya interact but like as the characters i mean as actresses too oh, but like God. their characters would just like would be... okay you know what is that a thing first... yeah i agree first of all brie larson and zendaya would get on so well it would be like they'd be like a chaotic duo like I swear to god those two would be like idiots and I would love it every second give more give me more I'd love it they'd be idiots and I would love it they're characters maybe yeah also if if basically more of Scarlett Johansson interacting with Brie Larson because those two again such a chaotic duo insane I would love it them as actresses like I remember they did an interview I think or like they yeah. did like a a thing on the Ellen show oh my god and yes, like they, they, they played a game and yes. watching them play that game was like the funniest thing ever oh, yes um, so like them as actresses I feel like would like be chaotic yeah um but I feel like I think here's the thing right Carol is not chaotic but Brie is oh my god that <laughs> woman is and I love it 
it's he's, he's chaotic, chaotic in a wholesome way it's like a wholesome chaos you know she's like oh my god I was doing this I forgot okay let me get back to that kind of thing it was that it's that kind of chaos and I love it but okay okay we're getting sidetracked because we love these women uh we really do <laughs> but there's that um but yeah because all of this it raises so many questions and she does make an escape off of the scroll base or whatever, but her ship crash lands on Earth. So let's talk. About, so let's talk about that because there's that 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 leads to the, that. This basically acts as a catalyst to the whole plot for the movie because she wasn't supposed to crash land on Earth. Right. She wasn't supposed to crash land anywhere because yeah. the initial mission was that they find their operative and then they and get, get out, like get they out. get him and get out. Yeah. Um, and in the process, you know, she got taken hostage, and now mm-hmm. she's escaped, but she's on a, a foreign stranded, planet that she basically. doesn't know anything about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I just love that, like, she crash lands into a blockbuster because, like, that is the most <laughs> 90s thing. That, like, yeah. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> like, also, all the tracks they play in the background, such 90s music. Like, holy shit. God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like that's something I think Marvel always does really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you know, like the the music and and like the soundtracks and stuff. All the references great composers and yeah yeah, to like easter eggs and stuff like Mm -hmm. i mean that's that like that's their thing they're just pros at it now but yeah it was it was i don't know i just it was such a minor thing that she crash landed in a blockbuster but it just made me like giggle (laughs) i i remember those days of like getting things from blockbuster and like um it's a real I, I don't know it's just something nostalgic about it like it really does feel like a thing that you it's know nostalgic. it's like very 90s specific yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least for there's me, more like. things coming there's more of that coming in uh like seeing a radio shack and uh oh, yeah, yeah. basically i feel like those still exist though. like i still see yeah those. but no, seeing dial-up like, internet like holy shit brings oh, back yeah. memories right <laughs> like, like that, that sound <laughs> 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 that that brings like memories. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it brings back memories. Yeah, I mean, like that scene where Carol crash lands is like there's so many references to like yeah. very specific things that just kind of feel like they're stuff that we were so familiar with and all those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I agree. Like watching her first of all to land there was really funny but then also watching her like interact with it mm-hmm. and like the way she's just like one she crash lands into this place and mm-hmm. she just gets up like no big deal because you know that's who she is <laughs> uh, but two there's this really funny um like interaction she has with a security guard just like, oh yeah outside. she's trying to home. get communications equipment <laughs> but like okay and the way he's just kind of like eyeing her like this is bizarre <laughs> yeah because poor uh, thing she's wearing a rubber suit i mean like come on lady i'm sorry like if you if she lived in the age of comic cons and stuff people would i mean if she did that now people would be like yeah cool nice costume lady but at that point it would have been like 
what <laughs> kind of thing you know it- but I think too like the funniest thing is like and this is like a little bit of a spoiler jumping ahead but like for me the funniest thing have having seen the movie and then knowing what happens she's on earth acting like it's some strange planet like she's never been there yeah. but carol is human she was yeah. born on earth she was yeah. raised on earth for most of her adult life or i mean most of her, her early life and then um she only got abducted as like a young adult really yeah so she spent more time on earth than she spent on hala but like she just doesn't remember so she's like what is this strange planet where am i like do you speak the same language as me and it's like you're speaking english (laughs) like he can understand you (laughs) yeah exactly Um, absolutely i completely agree with you there because that's what makes this movie so interesting because i love how they paste this out and how they put this together so that when we watched it, we were discovering things as Carol did. And I love that. I absolutely love that. But here's where the fun starts, right? Because here's the thing. Now, because she's here, the Skrulls have found her here as well. And they're looking for her. And who else should be on the scene for this whole break-in or crash landing at Blockbuster but Nick Fury I loved seeing him for the first time in this movie it was so much fun so let's talk about that yeah one I think it's just so weird because like Samuel Jackson as an actor is obviously like a legend some part of him is well yes but also like I'm sure some part of Nick Fury is him, but Nick yeah. Fury just like does not smile that much and is just very like stoic and like yeah. I've got a mission. And, At like, least I know Nick Fury, we know it. absolutely, so, absolutely. Like, this version of Nick Fury is like he's cracking jokes, he's laughing, he's smiling, and it's like, who yeah. are you? You're completely different from Nick Fury. Who are you, and what have you done with Fury? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, you know it was great to see him and it was great to see like I said like a younger kind of less jaded almost mm-hmm. version of Fury um, and and just to, like like to see the way he interacted with Carol and it wasn't kind of as um, it wasn't the same as like the way he interacted with the other Avengers in mm. you know present day that's what we uh, would expect kind of thinks, right yeah, that's yeah. the thing because like you said when he sees Carol for the first time, he's cracking jokes. He's like, he's being quippy and funny about how he's there. And uh, like, basically, he's like, make, he's being a wise ass with her. And she's she basically does the same thing back at her, which makes their dynamic that much more fun, actually. <laughs> and when it's he's like, how, how do I know you're not one of those scroll things? And, and Carol's like, Congratulations, Agent Furry. You're finally asking the right question. Bye. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for this. Their 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 banter as characters, and then I think also as actors, because I think Brie Larson said that by the time she filmed yeah. Captain Marvel, she had already worked with Samuel L. Jackson a couple yeah. of times before, and so I think this was I her think she third worked time. With him on another Netflix movie. I think she did. <laughs> I remember if you guys I think if you watched it, the unicorn store. It's it's an interesting movie. Unicorn Island is another thing uh, altogether. Um, That's another that's a company of another person that we both follow. 
uh, which is fine. We'll deal with that later at another point. But yeah, this was, uh, I think, yeah, their banter uh, as actors and as people together, hilarious. I loved it. It was so fun. I think there was this episode of, uh, I think I think they did a they they did a version of what James Corden would do like carpool karaoke or something. They did that. It was hilarious. Those yeah. two were- Especially what I mean, it's I always love when like yeah. you know people are multi talented. Yeah. Um, and and Brie Larson can actually sing too. Which oh I my thought god! Was so yes, cool. she can. I think she had like a, a brief music career before going into did. acting, um, which I just find yeah. so fascinating. And it's just like, please sing more because she can I think more. we have the perfect role in in our heads for her. But we'll keep that to ourselves. That's maybe for a later podcast if we yeah. get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. I love them. And dude, Samuel Jackson can sing too. That damn man, he can sing. Okay, like I'm sorry, but he can sing. <laughs> I it's it's like one of those things where like I love it and I hate it because it's like yeah. I feel so unaccomplished right now. Like these people are like they can act, they can sing, they can dance. Some exactly. of them are like into cool hobbies like painting. Some can model, right? Like, you know, some can like do all sorts of cool things. And meanwhile, I'm just here like I can't do anything. <laughs> oh God. I mean, seriously, like, what can these two not do? It was, it was crazy. But basically, they have this banter, and they're actually interrupted by scrolls attacking them, because scrolls are after Carol. And that's when it's really, they have this cool train chase and car chase everything again the train chase the train scene is so cool and my heart hurts because i think it's one of the last stanley cameos we'll see in a marvel movie my heart breaks for that but thank you stanley we love you we appreciate you thank you for giving us marvel comics but yeah in the words of marvel we love you 3000 <laughs> yes and we love you in every universe now thank you um i think brie larson said that that was the last like the the scene that he filmed with her was like the last cameo that he ever got to make because unfortunately after that he passed away but um i mean didn't they like digitally edit carrie fisher into star wars after she passed they did they did i'm like if they could do that i mean well technology is improved i agree but here's the thing though but stan it would, I feel like it would be disrespectful in a way. It wouldn't feel... I, I, I don't know about disrespectful because Carrie, I think most people would do it. Yeah, because most I feel like... Do it because of love yeah, for him and his yeah, teammates. But I feel like yeah. it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as authentic because nobody can quite replicate what he brought. Oh my God. But at, no, at the same time, like not. he had some of the funniest scenes and like, I just, I don't want it to end. I know. Uh, but with Carrie but Fisher, like, they, I think the... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go um, ahead. I'm sorry not to cut you off, but the, I think um, for No Way Home, they had a guy who was like a Stanley lookalike. Mm-hmm. And in the script, I think it's referenced as like a Stanley lookalike. So... Mm-hmm. So, but here's the thing, uh, with, uh, addressing the Carrie Fisher thing, to go off on a little bit of a tangent for a little bit, I think the reason they did that, and props to Carrie Fisher, I love her, she was awesome as Princess Leia, always will be, but I think the reason they did that uh, is because of the fact that 
she had a role to play in episode nine of the saga, but she passed away, unfortunately, before shooting could complete. So that was why, unfortunately, they had to do what they did. And they and and unfortunately, it would have been disrespectful to kill her character off right in the middle of movies eight and nine. So they can't. And she's an important character. I I just think it was um, I think people just loved Stan Lee oh my God. as a person and, and then yes. just like his cameos were just so, so funny awesome. um, I know and he really like loved all the cast and like yeah. I, I don't know it was just it was so like you said wholesome mm-hmm. like his interaction with everybody and but then also like his cameo scenes were also like some of the funniest scenes yes. in a lot of these movies and so I think it, it's like you said it, I I I don't know that I, I want to say it's disrespectful because I feel like for most people it'd be just out of love just to keep seeing him again in like different yeah. um, Marvel movies, but it would be really hard to kind of replicate what he brought. His energy. And like, just, yeah, right, and like it wouldn't feel as authentic. So like on the one hand, it's like, no, put it in because I loved his cameo. Yeah. I just want more. But on the other hand, it's also like it, it won't be the same. So like don't put them in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's complicated. It's it's a pickle i would say i would definitely say that but yeah so that whole scene the whole train chase scene and i think they made a reference to a role that stan lee was auditioning for in during that time period which again makes you think that is stan lee so that's pretty cool actually so that was pretty interesting actually so i love that whole train chase scene where everyone thinks she's basically clobbering a grandma but it's actually a scroll (laughs) so let's talk about that so cool it's like I remember watching that scene for the first time in theaters and it was kind of like a blink and you'll miss it because the scrolls like you said earlier because they can shapeshift they can imitate whoever they see and and the woman that the scroll ends up imitating you see her for like a split second like getting off of the train the, that's right yeah she's like leaving the platform and like she's just like one person in like yeah. a sea of people of people yeah and it's again like a blink and you'll miss it moment like mm. I barely caught it actually I don't know if I caught it the first time I feel like I didn't catch it the first time mm. and I was like wondering like how does Carol know that that's the scroll mm. like she must be really good at detecting that but yeah. no it's because she had seen that same woman exiting Get the off. train and leaving Exactly. The platform. exactly and then when she got on the train that same woman was now there again um and i just thought that was super cool that they kind yep. of put that in too so like it's it makes sense like when you look at yeah that <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool you're absolutely right you are absolutely right it was a pretty cool detail to look into yeah but then also just carol fighting on the train like in general as a scene that was cool <laughs> yeah i loved it dude again we have a type okay so like i I think we know why we like that scene so much and why we love Carol so much. We we get it. We, 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 it's a thing, right? But then let's also talk about what's going on with Fury because Fury is on a is basically chasing Carol too, who's on a train, and he's chasing her with with Agent Coulson, Phil Coulson, but then the Coulson. But then he gets a call from Colson saying, hey, I'm still stuck in this Radio Shack building. Where did you guys go? Where did you guys go? And that's when you realize that Colson was being 
emulated or simulated by a scroll. So let's talk about that and how that ends up and how that's how it kickstarts a seed of doubt in Fury's brain about, oh shit, that woman was right kind of thing. You know, let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I always found like a little bit funny like at least for me when I was watching the movie the first time is when you see Nick Fury he doesn't have the eye patch he's got two eyes so oh right yeah when is he getting the eye patch and I thought for sure that this would be like an instance where like he mm. loses an eye because when he finds out that the Coulson sitting next to him is not really Coulson but a scroll they get yeah. into like a, a brawl yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and this is all while fury is driving on a highway chasing a train where carol is fighting and like it's it's like a, a, and like it's a, a throwaway chase. line there's a throwaway line as well last time i trusted someone i lost an eye and he trusted colson and we thought yeah okay this must be it but then <laughs> we'll talk about it we'll talk about it because it's one of the unfortunately I don't think it's a reason um, Fury would ever talk about. He would never reveal that to a single soul. And Carol would basically use it to her advantage. I swear to God, that woman would do it. She she would like use it, leverage. Like if if you don't want the secret getting out, Fury. (laughs) Uh, But no, I think, I I mean, part of that is so funny too, just because Mm -hmm. like, at least as a like a viewer mm. i remember thinking like there's got to be some like badass story as to why yeah. fury lost that right and it's super yeah. cool and epic yeah. and like to a certain degree it is it but is. like the actual process of him losing his eye is like kind of i don't want to say anticlimactic but it's like you're expecting like a huge battle and then what ends up actually happening is i think yeah. even funnier <laughs> it's so much funnier and we'll talk about that too but let's talk about Ben Mendelsohn, amazing actor. He's done such a good job here too. And he's basically Fury's boss in this movie. And he's like, yeah, we can't trust anybody and go after the woman that you think is, you think has a lead and you'll see what we, we, you, you can figure out what's happening. In the mean, but then, but then there's also a scene. I mean, here's the thing: there's multiple references here that make it funny. They're ugly because this guy, like, they're uh, the, he, whoever's uh, examining the dead scroll. Uh, he's uh, it, the, the boss is asking him. I don't know Ben Mendelsohn's character's name in this. I'm so sorry. I'm blanking out on that right now. But. Uh, uh, I know his scroll name, but I don't know his actual uh, character name as as Fury's boss. So, right. so yeah, basically he's like they're ugly little creatures, aren't they? And the sign and the person examining this guy goes, he's no Brad Pitzer. And I'm like laughing my ass off because it's the mid nineties. We're like everyone thought Brad Pitt was hot. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's funny but also that same scene because like after the whole car incident when fury defeats the the scroll posing as colson he brings the body back to like the lab to be analyzed and they're talking about it and then there's a bit where like all of the um three like the like the lab tech and then not not colson uh fury and his boss stop talking and like they draw back the thing to like (laughs) look at it 
<laughs> I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Um, and yeah, that had been stitches the first time. I was like, really, guys, really? Really? That's what you want to look at right now? That's your concern? For real? Come on, guys. Like, it's funny, but it, some levity in a whole crazy situation, I guess. That's all I can say about that at this point. But yeah, um, and in the mean, and uh, and but but what we do find out is that this is Talos, and he is simming the boss because he says goodbye to the scroll, and he promises to finish what they started. And during the same time, Carol is basically searching the internet for info on something. I think she has one simple lead, Wendy Lawson, because of her memories, because of her fragmented memories. That's the one thing that she remembers. And that's what she goes also, for. Um, I just thought it was really interesting because earlier in the, in the movie, Jan Ron talks about seeing a supreme intelligence and how you never yeah. reveal who you see. Yeah. And when Carol makes contact after crash landing on Earth, she tells... I mean, she tries to tell him, like, this is who I saw, and mm -hmm. this is why I'm following this thing, which I just thought was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And yeah, this person she sees is someone she never knew, but now she knows that she was in her memories, and that's like, her name is Wendy Lawson, and that's the only lead that she has. And she, I, that's when we get the sound of internet cafes and dial-up internet, and it was so funny to see. And then, again, I think this is not so much of a callback, but also more of a, I mean, it tells us how brazen, I, I, again, I don't want to, uh, you know, generalize men here, but it, there's a pretty telling scene where an idiot biker is like, tell me, I mean, got a smile for me kind of thing, which is like so dumb and Kara's like, screw you. Uh, just no uh, there's actually a deleted scene where she literally shakes his hand and electrocutes him for be misbehaving with her he would have deserved it he would have deserved it I'm not gonna lie but I don't know why they cut that scene they should have I feel like they should have kept it in holy shit um, well anyway th that's for a different time but she does end up stealing some clothing and uh taking his motorcycle <laughs> taking his motorcycle to go to the place where she thinks she has a lead and this is where fury finds her and the best banter to that point in the, between them in this movie takes place here so let's talk about that yeah, I mean, one, I loved, like, the, the whole bit of, like, Carol stealing the guy's motorcycle and yeah. then just, like, dressing like a biker chick and then just, like, biking I love down that. to, like, that will, it suits her, dude. internet it suits her. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it was really funny that, like, when she turns up at this cafe, Fury mm -hmm. is there, but also I think the really cool part is, like, we're finding out things or like we're seeing things as carol sees them yeah so like we're we're seeing flashes about, yeah right as carol sees them and like it's like we're piecing together things as she's piecing together things too so it's not like yeah. we as audience members know much more yeah, than her like at most we know that she had a life on earth because mm -hmm. um i mean a number of reasons one she's not like the Cree say that they 
they took her from somewhere like they rescued her and two she's not like that's just like her character thing right like it's a known fact about her character that she was born on earth and marvel hadn't changed that about the character so it's like at most that's all we know yeah but um we're the rest we're like learning about and, and we're processing as she's processing so when she walks into this cafe she's seeing like flashes of a life that she doesn't remember mm-hmm. and we as viewers kind of get to see bits and pieces of that too and it's like we're trying and to that piece she it was together. happy she was actually that happy too, yeah. and she was good at her <laughs> job and everything <laughs> right exactly yeah but it must be so weird to like look back and then just like have that gap and like not Mm -hmm. know anything about yeah you know a portion of the life so um I think like personally I think at least the two of us at the bare minimum were able to empathize with her situation but I think in, in general most people I'm sure would like empathize with that and like probably feel for her because it's like memory loss is probably not an easy thing to deal with and then just like the like all the questions and it's like well why did I lose like the specific time and like what happened why am I blanking out on this exactly right yeah so um yeah just just interesting things like that just I don't know I think they just add another layer to the movie but watching the um the scene with Carol and Fury at the cafe was really funny because Fury's like, well, how do I know you're not a scroll? And so, like, they go through this whole, like, question answer thing. I love this because there's this detail that Fury gives out that, I mean, again, you get to see a lighter side of Fury. He's like, where were you? We were everywhere. Bucharest, Budapest, Belfast. I like the bees. I can make a rhyme. Hey! I love this. I love how free he is. It was ridiculous and silly and sweet. I loved it. It was wholesome. And then he's like, and then she, and then he asks her. She's just like, like, what am I supposed to give him that? Squirrels don't do that. <laughs> but the also, best like part. Yeah, she's like, name something so bizarre. It has to be true. And then Fear's like, if toast is cut diagonal, I can't eat it. it. And then later, the kicker, you didn't eat that last part, did you? She's like, no, but I enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it. Carol loves messing with Fury. I, I have a feeling that she's the only one who can get away with it because if anyone else tried that, no, just no. It's funny too because obviously, like after you watch this movie, I yeah. think you realize how close Fury and Carol get. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of translates to other films. Like you see it like briefly in other films. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's other other mentions of it too, but um, the the big ones I can think of are obviously like you know Infinity War and like mm-hmm. Endgame, where you yeah. know Carol's a part of the thing, and and um, I think it, it's like everybody kind of trusts her because she, or not trusts her, but like they're less I think wary of to her. kick her out, yeah, yeah, because like she has some connection with Fury, and obviously yeah. she knows about like the pager and all that because she gave it to him and, and yeah. all of that. But like there's that bit um, in 
it, it was in Far From Home where mm-hmm. um, Fury is like bringing Peter to deal with Mysterio and, and Peter's like, well, can't other Avengers deal, deal with it? And then he mentions Carol and Fury's just like, don't invoke her name. And he's like, dude, like, he's just a one. He's a kid just asking, like, and, and making a good point that, you know, there are dude, this is Captain Marvel. Have- if anyone can deal with this Mysterio shit, he, she can. But also, just like the way he was like so, I don't know, like almost protective of her. Like, yeah. the book her name. It's like, okay, Fury. <laughs> and like, I mean, it's not like she's the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, if you say her name three times, she's going to pop up or whatever. <laughs> it was funny. I agree. But I love their banter. I love how close they got. I love how idiotic they were. I love how chaotic they were together as a duo. Like, literally nothing better could come out of this movie than that. Like, I... Priceless. Beautiful. I love it. Um, But this is when they basically go like, okay, we can trust each other a little bit. We can, we're going to this facility where we last knew Wendy Lawson was. We'll figure this out. And that's when they go together. Uh, and it's not, it's interesting because they get a frosty welcome. Uh, but then again, some of the coolest banter between these two. And he because because Fury is like messing with tape and trying to get a fingerprint and all that stuff. And during the next in the next door, he's like, oh, "Let me get my fingerprint out." Like, Psst. and then and Fury's like. You could do that, and you watch me play with tape. I didn't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> what? I, I just, it, it, to me, that scene there, those types of scenes were also just funny because it was like Fury fiddling with, like you said, tape, which is like the most ordinary thing ever yeah. to try and get a fingerprint to use on a fingerprint scanner to like mm-hmm. unlock doors. Yeah. Where it's like the Fury that we know in like later, or I guess movies that are already yeah. um, been released at that point yeah. probably would have had like a million and one gadgets and probably also just wouldn't have even been in a place where there were locked doors because he yeah. most likely would have had somebody else there exactly. for him but I just find that hilarious that like it was hilarious he's really, like, but also hilarious kind of is this man's love of cats <laughs> that's me that's if I see cat. a cat I see a cat pet cat see cat pet cat Simple. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Fury, Fury was me in that moment. He just yeah. saw the cat and he was like, Kitty. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, me. Same. Same Fury. Same. We love cats. Thank you very much. <laughs> and this cute cat's name was Goose. Goosey. He's such a cute baby boy. He's adorable. Yes. But yeah, that, that seemed like with him, just like this kind of like fangirling over Goose and then Carol being like, uh, Fury, we're yeah. like here for a reason. Maybe we should get to that thing we were gonna do. And, and I love I how he looks at Goose like... and, be, and he's like, I'll be back for you. <laughs> yes, that's... With that. I see a cat. And the first time watching it, I was like, oh, dude, you can promise that now, but you're not getting back to that cat. <laughs> Something's gonna happen before you can. And sure enough, something does. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Now, here's the thing. Again, so basically, he call, Fury calls in reinforcements. Um, but then he finds out that the reinforcements that he called are also scrolls. They've been, they've, they're being simmed. 
So here's the problem. This is when he has to trust Carol, right? And I love- also before that, there's there's a bit um, which I think we forgot to mention that when they're in this records space, room, um, yeah. they're in the records room, yeah. And Carol finds like a redacted file that has, I mean, it's a file that has like a lot of redacted information. Mm-hmm. But one of the things is that there's a picture of Wendy Lawson in front of a plane yeah. and on the plane in the background is Carol. a picture of also, yeah, Carol. He has information and, uh, and, and Wendy Lawson has written information in glyphs and Carol immediately recognizes them as Cree glyphs. Human beings couldn't have read that. She recognizes it because she's been on, she's been with the Cree. She recognizes them. That's what's insane. So there's, again, we're finding out stuff as Carol does, which is really cool. I really like that. So, let, so yeah, and then let's talk about that. I love how after they have to make make a run for it, she she keeps fucking Fury to give him give her his pager. She's like, your pager, you obviously can't be trusted with it. Like. <laughs> I feel like she's the only one who can deal with him like this. Like I, I swear to God that if anyone else pulled that um, move, do you remember there was a bit when they were driving up to the base where she was like teasing him about his name? Yeah. She's like, "So, like, what does your mom call you?" And he's like, "Fury." Right. And she's like, "And if you had kids, it's like if I had any kids, they'd call me Fury too." <laughs> I Nick, feel not Nicholas, not Joseph Fury. Again, that plays a part later because that's how he realizes that his boss is being Sim because his boss calls him Nicholas, which is something nobody calls him. Like, okay. And I think um, Fury also does like a, he drops like a, 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 not clue, but he says something like, I'm going to do a pincer move like Havana. Havana. And then obviously, I think the implications of that never happened. Mm -hmm. And so like he knows he's got proof, at least for himself, that the person in front of him is not really his boss. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But my thing was like, you had Carol at the internet cafe. Yeah. Why weren't there reinforcements there? Like, why did you take her to like the top secret Air Force base, get her into records management, have her look at the files, and then call it reinforcements? Well, that's, I think that becomes more clear as the movie progresses. I think they wanted her to find out, right? Considering what happens towards the end of this movie, I think they wanted her to find out, which I find interesting. Um, But they do make an escape. They I, again, there's lovely banter here because they get to a they get to a hangar and they see a plane and she's like, "Can you fly it?" And she's like, "Maybe." That's a yes or no question. And then she looks at the controls and she's like, "Yes." <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my god! A lot of people. I think got the impression that Carol was cocky, but I didn't oh, see no. it. I just thought it's like confidence. Like, yeah, she's a great like pilot because she okay. trained her whole life to be that way. The and... whole cocky woman thing is a fuck. Okay, I'm gonna start swearing now because it's very annoying to me because they did this with Cora, they've done this with Adora, and they did this with Carol, and I hate it. Do not ever tell me that a woman is cocky just because she knows she she's good at something she knows she's good at something and she can do it screw that she is entitled to knowing that she can do something right and she is good at it 
shut up. If a guy said the same thing, they'd be like, oh my God, I love this guy's confidence. I'm sorry. I love our DJ. I love Tony, but he was cocky as hell. So where is this rage when he did stuff like that? Nowhere. Don't tell me that this isn't a double standard when you do this for Carol, when you didn't do it for Tony. Okay. Yeah, no, it can definitely be a double standard, not just like within MCU movies, but just like in general across media. But they did this with Cora too, didn't they? Like, I swear they did this with Cora and Adora too. It it angers me all the time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think maybe it's less so with Adora, but definitely with Cora when that show came out, a lot of people were like, oh, she's cocky and arrogant. And it's like, I think there's a difference between being a little bit brash and headstrong and impulsive and then being arrogant. Like, I don't think at any point she was ever really arrogant. And I don't think Carol is really arrogant either. I think it is, it's just that she's, like you said, for that, like it, for, for male characters, they maybe get labeled confident when they act that way. But for female characters, it's like, oh, they're just cocky or arrogant. And it, it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't really think she was cocky no. um, or arrogant. It was just, she, she knew how to fly. And so like, at least in that one particular instance, and when she was like, yes, it was like, of course you know how to operate it. Cause she'd done it before. And it was like muscle memory and she exactly. was remembering and all of that. So I loved it. And also just in general, like being confident in your abilities, regardless of your gender is a great thing. So um, it's a I just cool wish more thing. people would have embraced Knowing it. Knowing that and, you and can not... do something and do it well is a cool thing. <laughs> on it right yeah right but like I think I I was listening to um a podcast and um a different podcast and I think (laughs) I forget who said it but somebody said and so I can't take credit for this and and this is not my saying but somebody was saying that like life is too short to live and so there's no point in going through life being like critical or not celebrating all your achievements oh yeah Um, for sure so like if you know something if you learn something if you've mastered it then yeah by all means celebrate it (laughs) yeah because and i'm gonna talk about uh, tangentially talk about cora for a little bit because have you seen that woman she was so good at what she did no one can lend a hit on her like even in episode one episode one no one could lend a hit on this child and you tell me that if a guy did that, you would call them cocky instead of confident? You would praise that guy to no end. Instead, this woman, because she's confident in her abilities, gets called cocky. No, just no. Do not tell me that there's no bias here. Shut up and don't do it. Just no. 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 I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel very strongly is- about it. But yeah. There's definitely like like I said, there's there's definitely a bias in media. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean I, it's just it's a shame that there is. Like yeah, it just it doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Like you can have characters of any gender be confident and yep not have them be arrogant. And again, I feel like a lot of times it's just like impulsivity or impulsiveness. Impulsivity, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> impulsiveness or like um like brashness or like being headstrong that often kind of get characters into predicaments and then because of that and maybe because they react a a certain way people like oh they're arrogant they're cocky and it's just like no No, that's just that's not 
no, I, I will never accept that. No, I'm sorry. I'm being, I, I, I have very strong, we have very strong opinions about this because we've seen fan, uh, we've seen fandoms tear characters down for this and we've seen how pandering to that kind of a fandom can be or the end result of that. That's another can of worms that we don't want to open here. But again, gotta say, I support Carol. I support that attitude. Love it. More of it. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's all I think. Yes. But yeah, it was really cool. And we have a stowaway because Goose made it onto the plane. It was really cool. So again, and, and then there's, and then I, I love how happy Fury is to see Goose. He's like, oh, who's a good kitty? You the good kitty. <laughs> yes, Fury, I appreciate you. You and I, we're the same when we see a cat. Definitely the same when we see a cat. See a cat, love cat, pet cat, encourage cat. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's just me. That, that, that it's, it's a normal reaction to seeing a, pu- a beautiful little kitty. I totally agree. I would have, like, I, if I had been near any cat at the time of watching a movie, I would have been just mirroring Fury the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> basically but here's the thing uh she finds out that maria rambo was the only person uh the last person to see carol alive and now she's piecing bits together saying i was here before my life was here before i can't remember it and the last person who remembers it is my clue my lead so that's where they go Yeah, I just love the whole scene that follows afterwards, like when we actually see Carol follow the clue and finally find Maria, because obviously she was kind of like her link to the past. And Mm -hmm. I think, like we were saying earlier, like one of the few concrete leads that she had. So for her to finally track her down, have somebody living, breathing, like she can speak to and get information from, um, it's, it's really cool for her, but also just like kind of the comedy of the scene, even though it's it's not quite a funny scene. Yeah. Um, just that like, obviously Maria knows so much about Carol and like who she was as a person. And like, obviously they, they were very, very close as friends. Um, but Carol can't remember any of it because like even then, like when she goes to find uh, Maria, she's still thinking of herself as like Veers, which is like this kind of persona that the Cree have created, created for her. For her. And... Right, right, exactly. <laughs> So it was really interesting kind of seeing them interact at first. Um, but also what I thought was so cool was just that once they kind of established that, like, okay, this is this is really happening. Like, I, I know this other person and, and we clearly had a history. They just kind of fall back into, like, all, a really sweet all, friendship. And yeah, but also what that. I really love is this little thing where... Let, let's talk about this because the first thing that she sees is this little girl and she calls her Auntie Carol, which is like the sweetest thing. And she just gives her this big hug and, and, and Carol doesn't know what to do with this, but she can't just push this kid away. But she's like, I don't know who this is, but okay, I guess 
they know me kind of thing yeah at that point at first she's like I'm not who you think I am but then you know over the course of like that scene we see Maria like explaining to Carol and I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie actually which is I thought was like a really touching and moving scene is um when Maria and Carol kind of have like a moment and mm-hmm. um, Maria's like, you really don't remember anything. And yeah. then Carol's like, no, just like bits and pieces. And then she's yeah. apologizing because she's like, I'm sure this must be hard for you. Yeah. And I love Maria's response where she was yes. like, this she, isn't hard. Like, this isn't right. hard. Yeah. But, and I love that yeah. she's like, hard is knowing that you were somewhere out there too stubborn to die. To die. And I was just and like, oh. That is very sweet. Yeah. I mean, and hard yeah like you don't hear a ton um or like we don't get a ton of maria's perspective especially not you know what happened pre uh carol's death but um for her as well it must be really hard because this is her best friend who went missing years ago and who everybody claimed up and down was dead and and you know obviously i think maria's a smart smart woman covered it up basically right like as if she never existed right and and not only that but like for maria who's you know carol's friend and obviously the two of them were extremely close like when you like i'm sure she must have had questions like okay if she's really dead like where's the body why was no body found or like yeah exactly why is it like why does this need to be covered up or um all of that i mean i can understand like certain aspects of it being covered up Mm. but Carol is just like the pilot who had no real sort of affiliation with Pegasus other than just being the pilot yeah um that, that's like a weird thing mm-hmm. that would need covering up I guess um but I guess too you know Pegasus was like a top secret thing so I, exactly. I suppose that they couldn't even leak the pilot's name and stuff like that but I'm mm-hmm. sure regardless either way it must have been very hard for Maria because like how do you it must be like so difficult to know that your best friend is just was, like erased from like history and then like yeah. the world because of like a top secret mission that unfortunately according to these people she that went wrong for. yeah exactly right oh my so, god um but that scene i don't know it, it's it's I not props it's, to lashana lynch for that performance like awesome like i mean i i remember like i hadn't i don't think i had seen her in anything prior to captain marvel but like i knew of her yeah, but same. watching captain marvel i remember thinking like if i didn't know she wasn't you know from like down south i would have just assumed she was born and like you brought up watch in, like... her in no time to die she's super fun <laughs> yeah i haven't seen that yet it's really so fun thing to watch but for a bond movie that movie is super fun uh i have to say it's super fun but uh, that's for another podcast if, if and when we get to watch it together at some point right but she's fun she's great she's a, she she does a great job of it to be honest and that scene is really moving because i exactly like that dialogue the way she says no this isn't hard what's hard is losing my best friend in a cover-up so strange that they basically erased you from existence and knowing that you yeah and act like it didn't happen and then I knew that you were too stubborn to die I knew you were out there somewhere but no one's gonna tell me anything so like it's it's really crazy to like like we obviously know that Carol's had some difficulty kind of piecing together the missing bits of yeah. her life just because yeah. a lot of information was purposely withheld from her and then like exactly. distorted and obviously you know things were kind Kept of changed yeah. right but 
I'd imagine that it would have been the same for Maria too. Like, Mm. you know, looking into Carol's death, if that was something that she did, I'm sure a lot of information was redacted or, you know, kept from her. I'm sure people just straight up lied to her and said, whatever they wanted to say to cover their butts and yeah. she, unfortunately she's kind of sure, had to deal dude. with it yeah. um, so I think that's what makes like their reunion so sweet even though it's like mm. a pretty short portion of the film like over the the span of that like few scenes you kind of get to see them get really close with they each were. other especially when they're discussing yeah. this and like yeah you know what you ra- we were racing each other you took a dog goddamn shortcut you cheat and then they I love that I love that banter that they have it's really sweet actually yeah and especially too like there's the bit where like later on they're going through some of uh Carol's old stuff yeah. and um like Monica is just like you know talking Exciting. about a minute like this is like us at Halloween this is like this and this is that and it was just yeah. really sweet to see that like obviously I know Carol doesn't remember a lot of her life pre-Hala unfortunately yeah. thanks to you know the Cree but yeah. um in all like the pictures that they show in that scene obviously like, they were like a very happy little family unit and um it's really sweet I like it's I always like the found family trope or like the chosen oh, family trope dude yes and um it was like a small nod to that which I just thought was so yep. sweet and wholesome <laughs> Absolutely, but Talos has followed Carol here too. But this is where the twist comes in. He basically gives her a bargain, basically. He's like, I found the black box of the plane that crashed. That recording can help you piece this together. But if I help you decode this, you will tell me the location of the light speed ending uh, engine that Wendy Lawson was developing. That's all we're after. And that recording reveals so much because she finally remembers what happened, exactly how it happened, and not the warped version that the Cree put in her head. So let's talk about that because that reveal is kind of shocking and it leads to another cool scene between both Maria and Carol. It's really sweet, but let's talk about that because, oh my God, it, it's like a... Yeah, I, mean, I, I loved that scene between Maria, yeah. and Maria and Carol. I mean, I loved all their scenes together just because like their banter, yeah. like Brie Larson, LaShawn Lynch's actresses, like amazing as characters too. But no, the thing with Taylor's kind of coming in and trying to make the deal I thought was really interesting mm. um and it was also I think a good twist because up until that point I think so much of what you see about or hear about the scrolls is all from the Cree point of view absolutely and it's like they're invaders they're like you know dirty shapeshifters and tricksters and like they're vile and ruthless exactly. and this and that and it's like yeah I mean they've committed their fair share of you know atrocities, atrocities. or whatever um, yeah 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 but like the Cree aren't saints either uh but this this bit was I just thought really interesting because technically speaking um I don't really think Talos made a sound deal because he gave them the black box first and then mm. he was given the coordinates so really if Carol wanted to um she, she could have just been like him, I guess. yeah she could have been <laughs> like I have what I need why am I supposed to, why, why should I even uh, help you yeah right yeah but um I I think I'm sure partly just to keep the plot moving and also I guess because Carol doesn't go back on deals um she does she does help yeah (laughs) but um I just thought it was so interesting that he comes kind of like under a white flag of truth like yeah and like this is the portion in the film I think where he's like 
I saw you take down 20 of my best men. So I just thought it was cool he was like acknowledging it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I there's lots of cool moments in this movie where she's like, uh, where again, this moment between Monica, uh, not Monica, I keep saying Monica because, because I love Monica. Monica's sweet. Uh, Maria and Carol, which is like, where Carol's like, I don't even know who I am. And I love how Maria's like, you are Carol Danvers. You're my best friend. You were the one who supported me as a single mother. And you were such a stubborn pilot. You did everything you could. You fought. You're still a fighter. And it's amazing. It's like, I love that. It's just, It was it's, so wholesome. It yeah. was just, um, and especially too, I think, because like Carol, obviously up until that point, had kind of been struggling with her identity she and who is. she was. Yeah. Because I think for all her time on, on Hala, she thought she was part Cree. of, like, you know, the yeah. Cree society, and, and I don't know if she thought she was fully Cree, because the way they also no, talked about think, her, it was yeah. like, but like oh, least, we took you in, you're lucky yeah. to be here type thing. But I, I think, think she, she thought, thought that's where least, she belonged, at least, like you said. Yeah, and, sure. and then, you know, poking around on Earth, she finds out that there's, like, this whole other part of her that she just yeah. can't remember mm-hmm. and it's like the the more she like digs into it the more the memories come back and at this point I think like you said earlier she's kind of regained mm-hmm. a lot of her memories about that flight yep. and what happened mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. all of that and it, it must be overwhelming so like that bit where um Maria just comes out and she's like you're Carol Denver's and she's like talking her up and like yeah. it was just really really sweet and yes. wholesome and um I don't know I just I love their bond it, it's so it's but let's also talk about what we saw in that flashback bit because that is super interesting because it spins everything we know about the scrolls and the Cree on its head pretty much right because Marvel was Cree Marvel meaning Wendy Lawson she was Cree right she yeah. basically so think- built the light speed engine to help the scrolls because she found out that what the Cree were doing to the scrolls was wrong, like displacing them from their homes and all those things. And not only was not only was Carol taken, she was literally abducted by Yonrog here. And we'll talk about that too. So yeah, um it's really interesting because when we see the flashback, Yonrog has been a friend, like someone Carol trusts, to be honest. But now she sees that he's been lying to her about everything, but also about how she got her powers. No one's told her. She basically blew up that light speed engine that was on that plane and it exploded so she blew it up to not so as to not let Yanrog get that engine basically but in doing so she basically the the blast basically gave her that energy um and that's how she gets the photon blasts and everything pretty much um but let's talk about how this must feel for her because like this is someone she trusted and now suddenly it's like oh my god they lied about everything what am I even supposed to believe right I mean let's talk about that 
Yeah, I mean, it must be tough, especially because like we were talking about earlier, or like you said, um, Yanwag is obviously somebody that she's close to and somebody that she trusted and looked up to and probably somebody she thought always had her back like they had kind of like a Mm -hmm. mentor mentee type relationship Mm -hmm. um going on and I think at this point in the movie she doesn't have like a complete complete picture just yet um of like every single little detail but like the majority of the details are there and um she remembers piloting that plane to get Lawson who is a Cree operative named Marvell yeah. off of earth um and being shot down in the process and then mm-hmm. you know crash landing seeing Yonrog kind of emerge along with others like Minerva exactly and, um, so this whole team that she's kind of now surrounded herself with or that she thought were like her friends back on Hala, she's mm-hmm. realizing that like they've all kind of strategically inserted themselves into her lives just to kind mm-hmm. of like keep tabs on her or to like perpetuate exactly. this line. And, um, and the, the thing that I also really liked was like there's a really kind of, um, again, kind of like a moving scene between her and Talos at the end, like when, you know, Carol just kind of takes a break from like listening to all of that to like try and like, you know, collect Mm. herself. And um, Carol's kind of like telling him like, I don't even know who I am. What makes you think I can help you? And he's like, look, I get it. Like we've both been used by the Kree. I'm not trying to like pull one over you or like do anything crazy. Yeah, we're just just looking for a home. Yeah, basically (laughs) we're just looking for a home. Yeah, And and I think that's... um, I think that was just really interesting because I think he kind of speaks to some of the things that Carol herself is trying to do, like just find her place and um, find where she came from and the people that she probably assumes would miss her or like look for her. And so I think um, that was just like a really cool way to kind of connect both of their stories but also it was just a really interesting twist because like like you said earlier actually so much of what we see from about those scrolls and hear about the scrolls is all kind of like from the Cree perspective and so they're painted to be villains and like these like dastardly types and really they're just like any other type of people they're just trying to get by and all Talos wants to do is just find Find them a stable home pretty much right exactly Mm -hmm. and and so um like we find out that like the Cree has said all these things and they've believed all these things, but I mean, Taylor's they were the ones himself. going around massacring these people just mm-hmm. because they wouldn't. And I think, too, what's really interesting is like when once um, Carol and uh, Fury and Maria like decide, all right, we're going to help these people yeah um they like very quickly determine like okay they're vector coordinates for a space station orbiting earth like it's not on earth itself it's on earth um i think what was so interesting too is like it really shows how i guess different the scrolls are compared to um the some of the crew or at least like the people carol has been surrounded by because um talos is he he comes with one other person so like you already know that he's kind of like he's like little desperate if he's coming with no backup just one other guy um and the the other scroll i don't know does he have a name i always forget his name not that i know Um, i'm sorry i'm blanking out on it at this point yeah he may have a name i can't remember but either way like that poor guy um he he i think he's willing to like sacrifice himself because he sins carol and i think he knows that like it's only a matter of time before yon comes because carol has already told him 
at like yeah. earlier when she initially crash landed she had told him where she was and he was like stay yep. put we're coming to get you uh yep. so I think they knew it was just like a matter of time before she was tracked down mm-hmm. and so this was just like something they could do to buy time yep. um and he when he sends Carol like obviously he has access to her recent memories but he doesn't know everything and everything. Carol herself probably doesn't know everything so when Jan Rob finally does come and he sees Carol they go through like this kind of like game of like asking each other questions to prove that they're really each other and then Yonrog does pick the one question that, that um, he doesn't that know the answer to yes um, and her or he asked the scroll posing as Carol like whose blood is running through her veins and then unfortunately that poor guy ends up sacrificing blanks himself out. yeah um, I don't know if it's actually blanks out he just like, didn't know it like he, he didn't know because yeah they, you know. I don't think he knew and that's what's shocking because it's that and and then he's like that's my blood coursing through her veins and then he basically and this is when he actually calls ronin to basically destroy an entire planet like literally what is this what is wrong with you like come on man i think it's at that point where he he kind of realized like it had gotten too far to like control like carol out of hand yeah new because like he he tells like he asks the um the scroll he's like how much does she know and then he's like well you're just not going to get away with it type thing implying that carol knows enough and at this point for yon rog and the other creek carol's a liability like they can't have her just out there undoing everything that they've tried to you know to to do and, and whatnot so um i think he's probably approaching it from that perspective like it's just like she's just a collateral damage type thing like but um um yeah it was just it was really sad to see like that one scroll just kind of sacrifice himself but then again it also yeah. shows you that like they were desperate enough that that poor guy was willing to do that where it's like Jan Rob, like if you asked him to sacrifice himself hell no he's not doing that like that he'll no. delegate it or like throw somebody else under the bus but um exactly <laughs> and that's exactly what he does because he knows what they're after and he's going to get it and these guys are basically going after that uh, after Marvel's lab which is somewhere out in space and they've managed to track it but let's talk about how cool it was that they tied everything together with the rest of the infinity saga when we saw it I was like holy shit that's what it is right because like that light speed engine was powered by something a very specific infinity stone the tesseract i'm like what <laughs> okay that was I pretty cool because like the tesseract i feel like of all the infinity stones was kind of just like doing its own thing yeah <laughs> like it didn't i mean it was needed but it wasn't like the time stone that could like you know allow you to go back in time or whatever it, basically it was just portals kind of, in space basically you could just basically move around using the yeah. tesseract right yeah um but i just thought it was really cool that like this is something that obviously like you said the mcu has referenced and alluded to multiple times mm-hmm. yeah um it's been like a huge thing and then now to see that like this is kind of not even where it like started started but like mm-hmm. this is kind of what gives carol her powers or like yeah. maybe augments her abilities because like i mean you know if you watched endgame you know what happens at the end of endgame and she still has her powers after the tesseract oh. is gone so oh yeah um yeah it's, it's clearly not the source mm-hmm. of it but um 
it was just really interesting to see. I, I mean, and also too, I feel like there, there must have been something different about her because um, there's like a really cool like montage type thing where you see like the different, uh, or like you see at a, a couple different points, like the actual impact of Carol shooting the Tesseract and then like absorbing that power. And I would imagine yeah. that like a regular human body just would not have be been able, able to, to take it. Yeah, I right. don't know, or survive. Yeah, exactly. Right. I agree. So clearly there must have been something different about her from the start. <laughs> like something special. That but, too. Um, yeah, but, I, mean, I, like I, said, yeah. I just, I, I loved that kind of contrast. It was bittersweet as it was, because like that one poor scroll dude just like, he dies. But again, I think it also shows you like how desperate they are and how genuine they are because mm-hmm. Talos just, it was one other guy, it was him and, and Talos and they just showed up and they're like, hey, we just want to find our home. Yeah. We're really not trying to like... And what we find me. here yeah. is really cute. It's basically <laughs> he finds his family there and lots of other scrolls that Marvel was trying to hide from the other Kree, giving them refuge <laughs> until you know, it was safe, which is like it's kind of hard to see. And then it, 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 and I love Carol's reaction to this. She's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'll help you find a home. I will help you do something about this kind of thing. It's really sweet. Yeah. And it's also inter- and basically, let's talk about Goose being a flirkin for a little bit. <laughs> Is that yeah, a cat? I mean, I mean, Who's the cat, right? He's supposed to be a flurkin. <laughs> like, yeah, that, okay. was a, that was like a funny moment where, like, yeah. they're on. So when when they go, they discover that obviously the the yeah. uh, ship is full of scrolls, and yeah. um, unfortunately, they're ambushed by Yanrog and his crew, yes. and then they're taken hostage, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because I think whatever sort of powers carol has she's not fully aware of like you know and they locked it up they have an um, inhibitor chip or something they 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 locked it up and also i think the way yon rog was like kind of threatening her like you do anything the rest of these guys are toast and i think if it had just been carol maybe herself fury and like talos and maria she might have taken that chance but there was no talos had like a daughter for god's sake so i think she wasn't willing to risk any of the other um members safety so she kind of complies just to kind of keep everybody safe and I feel like that's the only reason Yon Rong had the upper hand but um he has like the other Cree operatives like take them to holding cells and in the process yeah. um they the scan one, them. Name, yeah yeah and like the the like goose who just like an ordinary kitten is like muzzled and like they're like species flirking species flirking a very high danger Species, ma- human, I'm male, very, like, no threat. <laughs> that thing's broken. <laughs> that, and also the bit where they're like muzzling Goose, and he's like, "It's a cat. It's not Hannibal Lecter." Because he loves uh, cats. I would have said the same thing. It's a cat. Leave the cat alone. <laughs> I know, but like just like the comedy of it, like the way they were like handling Goose, like like holding him at arm's length like as if he was poisonous or something and then fury and maria are just like what it, like it's it's a cat why are you why are you hating on it it's a beautiful cat i get you fury i get you you're a cat person same you know what same okay <laughs> but like but there's this but let's talk about the one of the coolest scenes in this movie 
which is like they, they, the Kree are keeping Carol hostage and they like, you know, put her in the realm where she's face to face with the Supreme Intelligence again. And now she knows that the Supreme Intelligence was lying, basically, right? She knows that. And I love the scene and it. And you and I talked about this off recording because this gives us a very specific vibe when she breaks free, which is awesome. I love it. It's like she sees her and, and the Supreme Intelligence is like, yeah, you, you're nothing without us. We gave you this power. We can take it away. She's like, I, I love how she sees, Carol sees visions of herself falling and still getting back up. But she's like, uh, I've been fighting with both, both, both my arms tied behind my back. But what if I set myself free? And then she just takes off that inhibitor chip and crushes it. So cool, but also what I love too is like I think right before the montage where she sees like different versions of herself Mm -hmm. through the years, uh, falling and getting back up. There's a bit where um, the supreme intelligence, who's like posing as Marvel, says like, "You're only human," and um, Kara's like, "You're right, I am only human." And then we I think get like that montage of like her falling but getting up, and it's like it's just so cool because it's like yeah, the Kree may have augmented her abilities or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's the human part of her that has always like been resilient and has gotten back up after it's trying and falling and failing and um you know it's like one of those things where like, like the creed tried to take her and mold her into something they wanted her to be but really she's just kind of been her own person this whole time and that's just been like locked away or hidden under the surface and so that whole scene where she breaks the inhibitor chip yeah and she's like but what happens when i'm finally set free it's, it's so cool because oh my god um, yes. the look on the supreme intelligence face and like the way it's priceless um, yeah, yeah the way yon rog and you know the others were just kind of staring because like i think at that point carol was like to break free of her like, bonds basically yeah she was like yeah. interfaced almost like with the ship and then like once yeah. she starts getting um you know absorbed the, into the, whatever that thing is i guess it's like things react like yeah. to her so like the lights start flickering and they're all like oh my yeah. god what's going on yep. and um it was just so cool especially once like she finally kind of just breaks free oh and my god there's that Beautiful. really cool bit where like they they merge it with like the shot of her shooting the tesseract and like absorbing that power which is so yeah. cool uh and yeah it, it's just amazing and then like you, you've got like the kind of um I think it's the image from a lot of the posters where she's like, you know, in, in, in her she's glowing, suit and and like just glowing. Yeah, it's beautiful. We, we forgot to mention, but I love how like the suit just came about because she had like Maria. I mean, Maria. She had Monica like fiddle with her, um, with the colors, the color yeah, scheme. Like, like really cute, and they finally yeah. settled on you know the color scheme that it is: <laughs> red, blue, and gold. That's what they said about which is which is cool. Let's talk yeah. about it. It was pretty cool. And it's really again one of my favorite scenes. And also it's like it's shocking because she breaks free and then it's like she takes the tesseract and just you know goes over to her friends and she's like, you know, I'm gonna buy you some time. You get this away from these people, they can't have it. And it's like just it's really cool and Again, not only does she... There's that funny bit, though, like, when she's talking, when she reunites with Fury and Maria, she's like, take the Tesseract, leave the lunchbox. Yeah. And Fury's like, I'm not touching that thing. You won't make it in, I'll admit. I'll admit. (laughs) 
and then Goose eats it. Goose just eats it. He his mouth and like a whole bunch of tentacles pop out and everybody's like, okay. Okay. I love it. It's hilarious. And then and then Carol's like, yeah, take the flirkin' kitty with you. Stay safe. I'll be back. I'm gonna buy you some time. And she does because now she's just like, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna use my powers. And then she she basically does beat them. But the problem is that the the problem is Yanrog still wants the Tesseract. And they, uh, and after a little scuffle or whatever, they do find that uh that carol doesn't have the tesseract um and they go after the ship themselves however there's a complication here because ronin and the accusers are here on earth now they they've responded to yandroy's signal and they're here and again one of my favorite scenes and one of the coolest scenes of this movie is carol basically just going after Yandrog's ship, Yandrog throwing her off her ship and then her just falling through space and then just realizing how powerful she could be and that she could fly through space. It's like the most amazing thing. And the way she tears through Ronan's entire fleet, like just, God damn it, it was so good. It was like super cool. Especially because I think, like, she had obviously had never tapped into that sort of power because of the inhibitor chip. Like, everything she was, like, everything she had done or everything she was told she could do is always like, we gave these to you so we can take them away. And I'm sure if anybody realized how powerful she really was, I'm sure they tried to, like, downplay and be like, you know, we just gave you, like, starter powers or whatever. Like, this is a starter pack. Like, she's strong, but if you want to be stronger you got to like practice and listen to us and be obedient and all of that and like mm-hmm. this is really the first time she's done anything on this scale without the oh, inhibitor yeah. chip and it's like yeah. it's literally like she says like like what can she do now that she's set free like mm-hmm. she i don't even know if she knows her own limitations like we don't know at least i think because like we've seen her do everything yeah. um and um i still think to this day that like the only reason thanos won is because they made him that it was written that way that like, he overpowered wanda yeah. and carol because you cannot yeah. tell me between the two of them, oh they please not those have, like, two would have whooped his ass also would have whooped his ass i swear to god okay they came very close too they they really did because if you look i mean because closest i think of anybody yeah because wanda almost got him he had to basically rain missiles down on wanda to make him make her stop tearing him apart and 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 use the power stone exactly because otherwise carol had him she had him Like, like, if, 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 aside from the writing, I feel like there is no way, like, he should not have been able to walk away from those fights. Yeah. If, if Wanda hadn't killed him first, Carol would have gotten him. Or, but sure, they, dude. I mean, obviously, for the sake of the plot, neither of them could kill him. But every time I watch that, like, those movies, I'm like, no, I, Wanda I get had you. it in the bag. Wanda you. would have for sure killed him. But, like, assuming she didn't, or assuming there was any life left in him, Carol would have pulled it out of him. But no, we have to pretend, like, they they got overpowered for the sake of the writing <laughs> but um, i know what you mean 
I hear you. I think Wanda Vision made a point of mentioning this too. Like they mentioned it, which is pretty cool. Let's let's leave it at that for now, right? But again, I love how the I, I love how Ronan and his agent are like, what the heck? <laughs> and then Carol's just like standing there and like come after me now. Um yeah there's a bit where Ronan's like we'll be back for the weapon and then his like crony is like the tesseract and he's like no the woman <laughs> and it's right? like oh dude you, you could use Carol I mean holy shit I mean obviously I'm sure there's something like the Marvels is coming out next year I believe 2023 yeah. yeah so um it'll be interesting to see like what that's about beyond just like Carol kind of passing the torch to Miss um, Marvel to, Kam- to yeah. Kamala Khan and Tawana Pierce's character to Monica um, um but like I, I I do wonder like if at any point Ronan ever tried to go back and find Carol although I don't know what we'll find out do, maybe we'll find out I I'm- <laughs> but like I don't, I'm assuming if it's set in like present day, mm. Rowan's dead. So like, I don't think he can do anything. Um, but I'm just curious if like in the interim, like at any point between the events of this movie and his demise, um, if he yeah, ever tried maybe. to find her. I'm not sure either. You're right. I'm not sure either. The universe is so big, and Carol is like everywhere. So, like, he's out in the cosmos somewhere, you know, like finding a needle in the universe, not even a haystack, just a needle in the universe. (laughs) Absolutely, dude. And again, I and then there's Minerva, and then there's Minerva going after the ship that everyone else is in, and I love that fight sequence too, where Maria basically is able to, you know gun Minerva's ship down. I like, so I think it's implied that Minerva dies, right? Or like she doesn't survive I so. that. I think so. I wonder like if at that time if they knew about like if, if the Eternals was in development because right? uh, Gemma, Gemma Chan played, Chan played Minerva, both of them, right? Um, exactly. And Cersei and I'm like, did they know like did they write it up on know. purpose for that? Or? I, I, it's really weird though that she played both of them. It's really weird but yeah i think i remember reading something where like they were doing like they were trying to cast for the part of cersei and eternals like very late and then um somebody either like thought of her or called her to audition and like she got the part and Mm -hmm. um yeah i but yeah it's weird that like one person played two different characters in the mcu yeah that's really strange yeah i don't know if that's ever happened before i feel like two people have played one character like we had the Edward Norton version of the Hulk and then Mark Ruffalo version of the Hulk yeah. um, and then uh, Terrence Howard as Rhodey in the first Iron Man and then Don Cheadle and all the others um, but yeah I mean I don't think one person has ever played two separate characters yeah that's until Gemma Chan. that's the <laughs> but, first Gemma um, Chan good on you yeah. I guess yeah I mean uh I know I think we had some some gripes with Eternals but um honestly like casting wise I think they did a great good no, job. Casting wise I think they did good. It's just that and I think we talked about this when we were talking about the Eternals in that podcast. Um it was a lot to handle, a lot of characters to shuffle, I guess. So that's the only right. drawback that that suffered from. Um but getting back to this it's really cool that 
And now, again, I keep saying I have a lot of favorite scenes because I have any scene where Carol's just being her unapologetic self is like one of my favorite things ever. Um, uh, basically, the, there's the scene where she actually lands and Yandrog is like waiting to waiting for her and he basically pretends that all of this never happened and he's like face me but without those uh, without your light show and then then prove to me that you're and she's basically like get lost I'm, I'm done and i love how she says i have nothing to prove to you i'm done like it's so matter of fact so simple and it's like yeah, yeah. i mean what like she doesn't owe him anything i mean yeah exactly if she was strong enough to take the blast from the Tesseract, I don't think she required his blood to like survive or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I think she has more to be resentful for than thank him for, at least like, when it comes to him. Like, I don't think she's a resentful person, but like, at least in no, regards to like, what he specifically did. I'm pretty but, sure um, she's grateful that whatever blood, whatever blood transfusion happened, let her survive and stay on hollow, whatever. Fine. Great. But don't expect her to be forever grateful uh, even after she finds out that you lied to her about almost everything else. And, like, yeah, and, on, and like we were talking about earlier, I feel like him kind of giving her the blood transfusion, saving her as it were, like that's just basic decency. Yeah. Like if you see somebody who's like barely alive, like if you're a kind-hearted person, you would do and everything you're you able can to, to like, considering if, yeah. you're, if, you're, yeah. if your health permits it. Yeah, you do it pretty much yeah. but I mean obviously he did it for all the wrong reasons he did it so he could like manipulate her and then use her whatever power she had absolutely but, um still you know for for whatever it's worth he did help her in that regard but then like that's that's it like you know and I think she, I feel like she's more than repay him for that one deed and like at this point like she says she doesn't owe him anything but mm-hmm. um I just yeah I love that scene it's pretty cool actually and Let's also talk about how the scrolls come back and they have to go away to find their new place. But let's also talk about this cute scene between Carol and Fury. It's really sweet. Yeah. This this version of Fury was so nice to see because when I see him in all the other movies, he's like so serious and all those more jaded in the other movies. He's been through a lot. Um, He survived a lot. And, you know, like he's encountered a lot especially mm-hmm. with you know thanos and all these aliens and mm-hmm. this and that like he's, he's been through it but at this point like this is all pre-thanos and at this point the only aliens he's even really pre-avengers like, let's not lie yeah pretty much pre-avengers right? and like yeah. the only aliens that we know of that he's seen are like the kree and the scrolls and yeah. slurkins too obviously but like you know <laughs> um <laughs> But, oh my god, uh, I forgot is... when you talked about the flurkin. You know how we talked about how Fury lost his eye? Well, that's a post credit. Well, it's not. It's, I think it's 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 made, brought up again in the post credit scene. But yeah, I mean, uh, Fury losing his eye from flirting is like the funniest thing ever because it's a cat essentially yes. that you know he's like coddling. He's like, who's a good kitty? Who's a good kitty? And and, like, and Goose is just like irritated in that moment, and like, and then just. It, it was hilarious I mean like you would think it would happen in like battle or in like some like a climax yeah. of like an epic fight right but, you know, he's just like cuddling a, a, a slurping cat and scratches his eye out <laughs> and he's like I'm okay it'll heal and everybody else like oh no oh, it's not no. gonna heal <laughs> no, no, no. like you you're losing the eye dude <laughs> yeah 
but that scene at the end where they're kind of like all back in Maria's house and they're talking about what to do there's like a really sweet moment between Fury and Carol where she gives him back his pager and she's like explaining how she's upgraded it and she's like for emergencies only um and And he's um, like you think I'm gonna prank call you Uh, well yeah you might (laughs) I I love how too like they were joking about he's like what's the range she's like oh it should be good for like a couple galaxies or something (laughs) um and but no, also like that ending thing is just like, really sweet. Where like you know they're talking with like the the um, about like how to kind of I guess rehabilitate the scrolls or like not rehabilitate yeah. but like reintegrate them uh, into society. And mm-hmm. um, it, there's this really kind of cool moment where I, I, I don't know about cool so much as like just an interesting moment where they acknowledge mm-hmm. like it might not be the safest to have scrolls integrate into like. Yeah. It's you not know, safe for them because the uh, Kree will know where to find them now. They'll know. So basically, right. it's not safe, like you said. Absolutely. And yeah, it, which is what makes it so difficult and which is why Carol has to go off on this mission where she where she helps the scrolls find a new home. And it's really sweet. And But also... It's it's a nice end to that movie, but also another cool thing is Fury's already thinking about assembling a team of heroes to in case of some in case something like this happens again. And the reason he calls the initiative the Avengers initiative is because Carol's call sign in the Air Force was Avenger, which is like the coolest thing. Like that's how much she affected him. That's how much their friendship means to him it's like really sweet when you like think about like how i guess closely he like uh, like how much of a secret he was keeping carol because like none of the other avengers knew about her Mm. and um fury himself at least from the other instances we've seen him like you just didn't talk about her didn't refer to her and i think the first reference we get of her from him is like i said i think that bit in far from home where peter's like what about captain name. Um, and it's just like okay theory like we get it I mean obviously I I think he was like hoping that like if he if he could kind of just like keep her on the bench as it were um they would still kind of have like like something to play when it came to like she would be like their ace in the hole I feel like because she yeah it's like I think the only reason, like I feel like Fury, if he was able to, I feel like he would have made a lot of different Avengers and Ace in the whole. Yeah. But like at multiple points, he just had to like reveal them, and then also technically speaking, I guess mm-hmm. Wanda was not really a seat. Yeah. Like he, Wanda wasn't he Wanda wasn't someone he, Fury discovered. It was more mm-hmm. just like they had like the Avengers happened to meet her, and then yeah. you know over time she became an Avenger. But. Um, yeah, I, I w- I'd like to think that if, if Thanos hadn't forced their hands so many times, yep. then Fury would have saved a lot of them as, like, baits in the hole. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's why, like, it was really interesting. Like, the, the bit we get at the end of Infinity War where everyone is, like, getting dusted or snapped, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, and he presses the pager and you just see carol's logo and like yeah. obviously at that point i think we all knew like what it meant like yeah captain, captain marvel, marvel. Coming, like, yeah um i think like this is an origin story it was just it's so cool and then there was also that scene where um the the post scene where she pops up where like all the avengers at, like after 
everyone's been dusted or half the population has been dusted. Um, all the Avengers are gathered around that page. You're just trying to figure out like what the heck makes it tick, like where it's sending the signal, yeah. who's coming, like all that information. And uh, there's a bit where Nat's like, I want to know as soon as that thing like gives us any information. And she turns yeah. around and Carol's like right there. Where's Fury? <laughs> she's like, where's Fury? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was so cool. But then also so yeah. funny that like nobody heard her enter because I don't think, I think Carol can be stealthy when she wants, but I feel like if that pager had been activated, she would have known that like, especially after all this time, it was most likely an emergency. And I just love yeah. that like, in spite of everything, nobody apparently seemed to hear her or like none of the security alarms were triggered by her. <laughs> she's just like, poof. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she did that. But yeah, it was really it's really cool. Overall, this movie was super enjoyable. Um, and I really had I think you and I uh, had a lot of fun watching this movie, regardless of all the stupid <laughs> things that idiots had to say about it. Um, but yeah, because of all this, I'm seriously looking forward to Miss Marvel because wow. <laughs> Uh, so far we've had two episodes and it's been great such a great run uh and now i'm looking forward to the marvels which is the movie coming out next year i'm like super super excited for that um and if you guys have stuck around to our ravings and rantings throughout this episode thank you we appreciate you next week we will be back with another episode um we haven't decided which one yet but we're working on it. I think I think we have. I think it's just going to be something a little bit different. A little <laughs> bit different. I think do, we yeah. kind of talked about it, but we'll keep it a surprise and we'll we'll definitely come back to you next week with a new episode. So thank you guys for sticking with us. We really appreciate you. Good night. Thank you. always our lovely theme song is water lily by the 126ers the nerdy podcast podcast is available on anchor spotify and google podcasts and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com